Welcome to another episode of Theology Jam. And my name is Matthew Burkholder. I'm here with John Korkadakis. And we have a, another question that we're going to deal with. Yeah, we've got somebody sending a question. Yeah, yes. but yeah. Hey, but before we dive into it, yeah. you know, um, I think people would be interested to know where you are because you're in the process of your PhD and you're in the process of writing the thesis. Am, yeah, I, am I correct? I, yeah. I, uh, I sort of, uh, it's been a bit of a grind the past couple of months. I've just sort of been um, slowly picking away at it. But the past couple of weeks, I've sort of felt some good momentum. And, uh. and uh, yeah, so I, I'm done all my exams. And I, I was TA in a class last term. I'm not TA in a class this term. I'm just trying to focus on getting it done. And I'm hoping by the end of the year, uh, at the time we're recording, we're, it's middle of February, kind of. So yeah. I'm hoping by next year I can have it done and defend it and um, and be done. So that would be. Uh, it's been such a long time. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You're bringing back memories for me, but yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But when 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 are you allowed to actually use the title doctor? Oh well, I'll have to defend mm-hmm. my dissertation. Oh okay. And so the moment they say. Pass, I think. That's when. Then you... they say congratulations. Yeah. And then I get to use. I don't know. I'll. I think I'll use the word, the term doctor. Why not? Well, well yeah. Well, why? Yeah. For, <laughs> for, yeah. For for certain. Imp- yeah. Doc, you know, for certain yeah, very yeah. important things. Yeah. You know that that's yeah. You've earned yeah. it. It's a lot, been a lot of hard work and yeah. yeah so yeah. and you know if anyone's listening and they're sort of in the process of the long grind of graduate school. Like it is, it is hard, but it's, it's been a good, it's been a good journey. You yeah. know, if you're considering, you know, stepping out and doing graduate school, um, it's a very rewarding experience. I think you would probably obviously do it again if you could, right? Oh, if I could. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like if I you could choose that. Yeah. I've, I've joked in semi-retirement to do a language doctorate or something ridiculous like that. But yeah, yeah I, I said that to Jen at one point, and uh, the joke of it's called a terminal degree for a reason. Because <laughs> if you go, if you go on, if you go and keep on going, you're probably going to end up dead. Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it should be should be good. Yeah, I was jo- I was joking that they could put me in the basement of the British Museum to nice. do translations there and stuff go. like that, and that w- I would be so happy doing research for the rest of my, which is really crazy when you think of it. And, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I uh, oh man, you're you're. It's so it's so smart to get a degree in uh, biblical studies with language backgrounds and those types of things. Uh, as I look for jobs, I'm like, man, there's not a lot of theologian jobs out there. Maybe mm. I, maybe I shouldn't have done theology, but I'll I'll find something. Oh, I'm sure you yeah. will. And I and I love it and I enjoy yeah. it. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. And and you've served in the church, and you're raising a young family, so yeah, yeah. There's yeah. yeah. So think of Matthew, yeah, if you I, do, and his prayers, and as he's working through this. So yeah, yeah. congratulations. Thanks. Glad Thanks, to John. hear you're there. Yeah. yeah, it'll be nice when it's all done. So. <laughs> um, but it's actually we're we're we got this question. It's a great question. Um, it, it touches on a little bit of some of the stuff I've come across in in researching. Um, you know, researching for my my exams and my thesis, um, but it's a question of evangelism. Oh wow! Right, and you know, I think for most uh, 
most Christians in most periods in history, it might you might even be wondering why there'd be a question about evangelism. Right? Yeah. It would just sort of seem like this is something you do. Um, why? What's what's even the question? But the question's about the ethics of evangelism. And the, the person who sent the question um, sort of raises the question, is it ethical to give people who are in need things, like services, but say first you have to hear about Jesus? So I guess that's the specific of, specifics of the question. And they talk about an experience where they were at a dinner for sort of low-income people, people who were in need. And before they served the dinner, they sort of did a five to ten minute speech on Jesus. And this person was sort of wondering, you know, a little bit put off by that, sort of like, okay, it's, it seems almost transactional, a quid pro quo, you know. Yeah. We'll give you this if you, you know, follow our religion. And there, there's, there's a lot of deeper, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think we can probably answer it the first part of like the first question fairly simply, I would think like we should just be kind to people, love people, support people. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, well, okay. How are we going to take, how are we going to tackle this question? Well, you know, they were, they were put off with the presentation Mm -hmm. to begin with, but were the people forced to, you can't eat this food unless you make right. Jesus your savior right. right here and now. I think we can answer the question if there's a transactional, like we're only going to give you rice as missionaries if you yeah. are baptized. I think it's probably fairly easy to say. Yeah, that that's probably not the intent. That's probably not <laughs> the goal of evangelism. But what about just evangelism in general? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, because, um, you know, I teach Christian spiritual disciplines and we actually have a lecture on, you know, sharing your faith and evangelism. Um, and evangelism, you know, I, we're talking, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds in, in these classes. And there's a tension there when you raise the topic of evangelism. You know, number of times in class, we have to talk about how um, it's got so much baggage. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've had to talk about, so what are other things that we can label it as? And the students, you know, have been very intent that, you know, there's there's better ways of talking about it. And there are better ways of of presenting it as opposed to the way it's been presented in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. Um, I I quickly looked for it before we started the podcast, and um, I'm pretty confident that I remember it uh, well enough. But there was a poll of evangelicals under 30, hmm. and I think more than half said it was unethical. To unethical. It. Yeah. So there was an uneth- unethical question about. Um, Evangelism. I think this poll was probably five or six years ago, but I don't. I, I would assume that you know students that are coming into college are still struggling with that. And I guess maybe what is what is informing the belief or the conclusion that evangelism is unethical? Maybe it's just the method of how it's been done in the past. Um, and. Uh, 
you know, we are sort of in this period in Canadian history when we're sort of really coming to grips with the damage of church-run schools, you know, enforced yeah. destruction of indigenous beliefs and practices. Like, that's right in the Indian Act, right? It's right in the words of, you know, Sir John A. Macdonald from the House of Commons. Like, this is not a, you know, this is part of our history is is the sort of colonial... Um, domination of Christian belief as it encounters indigenous cultures. And I, I think that there's probably a lot to be said about being sensitive to that. And, you know, because people have had their agency removed, right? They literally removed, put in these church-run schools. And, uh, you know, I think as soon as there's a manipulation or there's sort of a violation of someone's agency... I think the ethical, you know, then we then we probably do have a problem with evangelism at that point. Yeah, because yeah, Jesus never forced anyone. Right. Right. I think that's that's an important distinction to make. Jesus allowed people to walk away, mm-hmm. and he presented, and you know, there was never any coercion there. Um, what's interesting, just this week, I don't know if you read, but the university here in the city has done away with the national anthem, mm. I think, for meetings. Uh, and so I don't think generally overall, but for specific areas of the school because of its colonial right. uh, implications, and they just don't want to foster that, which, which I don't know. I, I have huge tension with that. Yeah. That's our national anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, it is part of our heritage, we should learn from the heritage and and find ways of of honoring it, but at the same time going forward in 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 a way, and to just annihilate it altogether. I think, I, I you know, I I have serious problems with that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there is. You know, we're sort of at this, like I said, this really difficult point in our history right and and um yeah i i I don't know those are really big questions i know that when i've tried to sort of think about these things um i've tried to go and and read the you know the truth and reconciliation commissions and the reports and actually hearing what people are are saying, oh, this, you know, this was hurting us or this was hurting me or this, you know, this was, this is difficult to see. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Those are really big questions that I'm just, I don't think I'm well enough informed to really comment too much about it. Um, but I know we really do need to take, we do need to take the harm caused by, uh, you know, Christian you know, Christian colonialism and European supremacy that often went hand in hand with with religious identity and belief. And but was it? You know, it w- it was the age of conquest. Yeah. Like you know, um, like I'm. I like to think I'm very sensitive to the things that are going on today, and it is maybe a period of enlightenment where we're saying, mm-hmm. you know, we you know, it was all about power, authority. Um, you know, 
being superior over people and that, mm-hmm. but we've come to a place where you know we can move forward, uh, but but we're in a different you know time period. But to but to use the you know, I don't know to, to mm-hmm. use the past in this in the particular way that we're using it, we should be learning from it, not absolutely erasing right. it from right. from our history. And I think I think part of the reaction I happen to think part of the reaction is simply because it wasn't really done well mm-hmm. during an age of conquest, during an age of kingdom building, during an age that had different priorities, and it was all about those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We're not in that kind of world today. Um, and let's learn about what it means to... Because you can't ignore the Great Commission. Like, what do you do with Jesus' words? Go into all the world, make disciples, right. and all of that stuff. And for many of those people... Because it was an age of conquest, they just saw that as, you know, part and parcel of what they had to bring. Right. And 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 we've talked a lot about this too um, on the podcast, and sort of the unique thing about Christianity in the first century, and I think it's I think it's pretty well accepted that it wasn't a, a movement of like domination, right? Like these were people on the margins ministering to people who felt rejected by society, by, by culture. And so as the gospel moved forward, it was almost like this liberating experience. It was like this, I'm part of a community now. And they were, you know, um, they were meeting the needs of each other, right? Like they were, caring for each other. We get that beautiful passage in Acts. It talks about how they were, yeah. you know, caring for each other. And um, they Christians were known to go out and uh, rescue children who were left out. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Exposure, exposure in the and, Roman Empire. Yeah. yeah. And so, so a lot of those uh, forces of evan- like that sort of movement of evangelism was from like the bottom up, right? And now you know, you have this sort of reversal where evangelism was coming sort of from the top down. And, you know, it is hard. Like, you know, this this question gets at the, you know, how, what do we, view, well, how do we view our relationships? Like, how do we view someone else? You know, do we sort of just view them as, as a, like a project for them to be saved? And then once they're saved, I'm sort of done with it and I can move on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, and like that's yeah. that's the other thing. Like Jesus, I don't think, uh, I, had, I had a friend who once said, uh, Jesus didn't model uh, friendship evangelism. He modeled friendship. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I think he's on to something. I there. think he, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? And I think he wasn't, like he was building into people's lives and he was, he was lifting people up and he was speaking to abuses of power and maybe that's what evangelism is as well right like maybe evangelism isn't you know we we forget that in about the 1800s there was a huge emphasis on the the world ending yeah yeah there right was. the yeah. rapture's coming this whole new theology about jesus is coming back and it's going to be chaos on earth and we got to get as many people saved as possible 
because if we don't, they're going to be, you know, left behind. We even have books about that, (laughs) movies about that. And we forget, like, that's been a driving force of evangelism Evangelism, for a lot of, you know, the the past, you know, 150 years. Um, And so I don't, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good view of evangelism, because I think at that point we can become salespeople instead yeah. of just salt and light in the world. Yeah, I've even heard of evangelistic dating. Really? Yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's... Oh that's, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and people, um, you know, dating someone <laughs> with the hope of, and, and of course, like, that, that's one of the priorities of even going out with that person. I've, I've heard that yeah. in, in the past too. But, but you know, if, if I hear you right, I think the big tension when it comes to evangelism is how we do it mm-hmm. and and you know uh, and do we just engage in healthy relationships with people just to see them come to Christ like that would be our heart's desire but that shouldn't be why we have that relationship in the in the first place maybe yeah, yeah I, I think um well, I, 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 you know, to flip it around, right? Like I once had a friend who was part of a particular religious denomination and they are highly um, evangelistic. They go door to door. Oh, okay. You maybe yeah. know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, we were friends for a long time and we were, we kind of reconnected, I don't know, years ago and... We got together a few times, and it was clear that all he cared about was trying to convert me. Trying to convert you, yeah. And when he realized it wasn't going to happen, I I haven't heard from him since. Really? Yeah. And so I wonder, like, if if that's if that's how other people experience sort of this kind of sale, you know, this sort of salesperson, got to get them in, got to rope them into the contract and move on. And if that's their experience, no wonder people are sort of uncomfortable with that. And that's, that gets to the question, right? Or the sort of the discomfort is just seeing people. It's, it's how we do it, but it's also, I think, you know, why we do it too. Um, and that was, that was kind of an interesting experience for me. And I, I think, I wouldn't want somebody to treat me like that. Yeah. I don't want somebody to just have a relationship with me, a friendship with me so that they can convert me. I, I'm So why would I do that to someone else? Yeah, I had a, oh, wow. You just reminded me. I had an experience where um, this, this girl was asking me out, which I thought was kind of strange to begin with and stuff like that. And... Um, you know, you know, when you just sense that somebody's taken an interest in you and, and all of this stuff. And I remember being invited to her place for dinner and, um, I thought, oh, okay, so, uh, you know, this is probably the start of a potential relationship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting to the dinner and, and she was there and it was all very nice. And this other couple came in right, that were invited to the dinner as well. And this other couple were part of this church that she was going to, and they were brought in to talk to me about Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, this was, 
I remember uh, just incredibly how uncomfortable I was and thinking I'd been targeted. And, uh, yeah, I, now I came to faith many, mm-hmm. many years later, um, but, man, that was just... I, I, I felt very dehumanized. I was, I was just going to say, that must have felt dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, very, very dehumanizing. And here I am as a pastor today, yeah. defending <laughs> or, or you know, having yeah. the tension of, of what it is, speak to people. I just think it was done inappropriately, Yeah. right? It would have been so much nicer to know that if she did care about me, it was, it was legitimate mm-hmm. beyond her faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think like you, you use the word tension. I think that's, that's a good thing for us to, to evaluate how we are, what our motivations are. Right. Like, um, I, I think there's something dark about seeing people as just, uh, this is this is a theological sort of question, okay. a can of worms. <laughs> As I was leaving, I said to my wife the topic, and she's like, "Okay, well, have fun with that yeah. can of worms." <laughs> but the um, the recognition that every person is made in God's image, and God is at work in people's lives. Whether we whether we think it or not, um, you know, and so this idea that you know the soul of a person is dependent on whether I manipulate this conversation, shift it so that I can do a gospel pitch like that. I don't know if I need to. I don't know if I need to live with that anxiety. Yeah. Uh, anymore. Cause that, I mean, I grew up very like this was sort of what you do, right? Like this is, I, I come from a long line of the evangelists, right? And yeah. it's just, it's just, it's the goal is to see people saved. Um, I want to see people come into the Christian faith, but I also don't know if I need to take that entire burden on myself in someone's life and realize that God is working in people's lives in different ways. And I will, I will share my faith and that's like share, share, right? Yeah. You know, share is a great term. We talk about it all the time. I'm going to share my faith. I know we mean it like verbally to discuss it or, but like sharing as in a mutual conversation about something. Um, and the difference it's making in your life. Right. Yeah. And ex- expressing the sort of the my faith. And if people are curious about that, engaging that. Curiosity has never been a strong point for evangelicals for some reason. We don't yeah, right. we don't like curiosity. We don't it's been sort of separate from faith. Um but yeah, just just yeah, I have I'm Okay, you. This is a good. You know, I I meet somebody. I, I'm curious about what you believe or where you're coming from. Or I I I've been started taking drum lessons. 
And somebody there knew I was studying theology, came to Village Green. Really? And showed a bunch of curiosity about the history of Village Green and theology and was asking questions. And it was just like, this was just a conversation that organically and naturally came out of just two people getting to know each other. And that was, I think that was me just sharing my experience, right? And I think that's such a better way of living our life, my life, I guess I'm speaking personally, but just sort of respecting other people, respecting who they are, respecting that, respecting that God is at work in their life, in my life. And the historical, the, the historical reality of this too is, you know, when Christians got to this part of the world, um, there were people here, mm. right? And that was, a, that was a huge question for the Christian world. What, what, is, what does this mean, yeah. right? Like, you mean there's been people here yeah. for thousands of years, untu- untouched by Christian, European, Christian... And they have their own culture. They, they have, have their, their own, own culture, belief, belief system and values. values. Yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. You know, I was talking about Willie James Jennings' book, The Christian Imagination. Yeah. Really great book. But he talks about the, the, the different responses to that. You know, there was the one response um, by, uh, uh, you know, someone like a Jesuit named Jose de Acosta, uh, de Acosta. I think I've probably talked about him before, too. But, you know, he sort of acknowledged that these, this culture had sort of, you know, they worked together, they worked in communities and sort of acknowledged some of the good. But then he saw their religious beliefs and immediately labeled it demonic. Oh, the dark, the demonic, right? And then there were there was sort of this historical shift during the Industrial Revolution when people were starting to be viewed as sort of machines, cogs in sort of the industrial machine, right? And you have sort of the romantic reaction against that. It sort of values the human person, right? And then you've got certain theologians like uh, Maurice and... Uh, and I was telling you about uh, John William, uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, it'll come to me. But sort of valuing the human person and then saying, no, you know, God is at work in this person's life. They're responsible for re- responding to the light that God has given them because God is a God of revelation and yeah. always is, will be a God of revelation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think we, we kind of have to, just sort of be okay with the fact that, you know, God is at work in different, different people's lives and not be so quick to just sort of label everyone's culture, values, experiences, worldview as sort of demonic and dark, but maybe have some sort of like point of connection there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why relational evangelism that's been stressed in the last number of years, well, probably the last decade or so, has has been just such a a good swing in terms of evangelism, but heartfelt evangelism. You you know, some of the stuff you said rem- reminded me of, you know, what is it, 1 Peter 3, 
right? Be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. But then he goes on to say, but do it with respect. Yeah. Do it with, you know, integrity. You know, can't remember the things that he adds to it. But it's not like, don't be harsh. Mm-hmm. Do it with authenticity. It's not a doctrinal statement. It's what difference Jesus has made in your life. I, I think it's. I, I think that's one of the best sort of like uh, foundational passages for how we should be communicating. You know the good news of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Colenso. I just had to look. Colenso. Okay. Yeah, Colenso. I believe. Yeah. John Lee. Yeah. Colenso. You delve in all these theologians that I had <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> well, you know, like so, yeah. I studied nineteenth century the- yeah. theologians for for couple of years. And, and I mean, I, I researched mainly the atonement, but I mean, there were lots of debates about, uh, the value of, of religious experience. Right. And sort of, does that actually speak to, to, um, to God? And it's, it's fascinating because this is a, an aside and maybe someone listening will find this interesting. Um, it was the conservative Christians who looked at the religious experiences of, 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 of the world outside of Christianity in the 19th century and argued that that was actually speaking to God's... Uh, they were having debates about the atonement, right? Oh, wow. And so they, they looked at sacrifice in religion and said, this is actually speaks to God's requirement for sacrifice and need for sacrifice and, and sort of this idea about justice. And they used sort of the religious experiences of the non-Christian world. And so, you know, like I, like I said, I think we can, I think we can learn from people who, like we can learn from people who aren't Christians. Uh, we can, like there's wisdom in, in people's lives and experiences and if we just sort of reduce them to like Christian non-Christian, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You know? and there's no, and there's no there's no prayer in the New Testament uh, of accepting Jesus into your heart, right, right. There isn't, right? right. The kind kinds of things that we make as demands, yeah, and um, yeah, that that that's a tough one. When when does faith become, you know, real, energized, authentic? Yeah. Biblical, uh, whatever terminology you want to, but I happen to think that um, I like the spectrum analysis that people are. You know, we talk about people being spiritual, but people are on, uh, you know, uh, on the path. It could be number four out of ten or something like that, and you know, meet people where they are, mm-hmm. and you know, through that relationship, if you can move them forward in some way to understand and through your life and your experience, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's I, I think that's the best that we can do in a culture that's absolutely skeptical about evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't have a lot of engagement with like sort of the, you know, the ex-Christian Movement. I do. I do watch a lot of their s- stories and sort of videos, and I read a lot of the interactions that they have, and it's really fascinating. Like, I've I've had a lot of people tell me or say this in the comments of YouTube videos, which whatever, take it or leave it. But you know, they'll say it's fine. Believe whatever you want. It's okay. Just yeah. don't try and convert me. 
And why are they saying that? Okay. Um, you know, if you have someone in your life who's telling you, please don't, please don't push your faith on me or please don't, right? Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not into this. I, I at that point, you kind of have to be, kind of have to be respectful, right? Yeah. You know, and, and acknowledge and accept that people are free and they have agency and that God is gracious and merciful in different ways that we don't see. And, um, I think there's actually like, there can, you know, family relationships can break down when a person in the family doesn't follow in the faith and, you know, this family sort of becomes, you know, fractured because somebody is saying, I, I don't want to follow this way or I don't believe this anymore. And if you're not respectful of that as a parent or whatever, like that can really, you know, then nobody's winning. The relationships break down and Oh yeah, wow! You, you can't you, force you can't force these things, you know. Oh, you just kicked in my guilt uh, as a, as oh. a parent. No, 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 yeah. Just this week, I had somebody. I have two. I have mm. two sons, uh, adult sons, and uh, just this week, somebody said to me, "Oh, how many kids do you have?" And I said, "You know, two adult boys, one in England, one mm-hmm. who lives here," and I said, "Oh, and they're both in ministry," and I went. Uh, no, that's the first first question. Yeah, that's the first question oh. that came out of this person. You know, so what churches? And I said, Are you kidding? These guys have experienced the right. the, the ugly side of church. I'm, you know, they're PK kids, and you know, um, they they themselves have been hurt by the church. And it's like, come on, so. You know, uh, I have very healthy relationships with them, and mm-hmm. they're all good and stuff like that. But my goodness, they—they did not want to experience what I've experienced right. by any means. And it was just—it was my my guilt got triggered immediately. Mm-hmm. And you should have seen the way the person looked at me. It was like oh, and all of a sudden I felt okay. I've done a horrible job as a father and as a pastor that, you know, oh, yeah. So <laughs> sort of that's the other side yeah, of it, right? That's, yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm, first of all, that sucks. I'm sorry that someone <laughs> did that to you and put that on you, right? I for, yeah, I forgot about that experience. Yeah. I, I, knew, I, knew this, I knew this topic is, was going to be a bit, uh, a bit difficult, but many people struggle with this. Mm-hmm. So we just need to be careful. Yeah. So evangelism, is it ethical? Yes, no. Can't, m- yes, maybe, no. Can be, depends. <laughs> depends. depends. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know I did a lot of the talking on this one. Um, but it, it, was a, it is a really good question. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the fact that there's a generation that is sort of questioning some of the methods and some of the reasons behind sort of the previous, you know, the generations before and the experiences and cultures that they've kind of had and experienced. I think that can, I think that can be good to shake free some of the, some of the issues and some of the problems. And, and I, 
I also, I want to say, and you, you were sort of touching on it, um, at the beginning is I, for a little while was very, um, judgmental of some of the methods and, you know, reasons of like my grandparents, Mm. you know, like, you know, I, I, I don't have any living grandparents left, but, um, you know, particularly my one grandpa, you know, was very, it was just this singular focus was to see people saved. And I, I also think we can kind of become a little bit judged. Like I'm talking, we, as in people, my age, my generation, we can sort of look at that and be really judgmental Mm. and be really critical and be really harsh or almost mocking or sort of dismissive. But that was, that was their culture. And we have to look back and judge people according to their own time. Like that's, that's what we're going to want for future generations to do when they look at us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are people that are Christians and, and, you know, have vibrant Christian lives because of the evangelistic tent meetings and the revival meetings and the, and the sinner's prayer. Yeah. Like there's people that are Christians because of that. And so, you know, yes, let's question some of these methods and reasons and, you know, sort of shake free some of the things that might not be helpful, but also acknowledge, you know, Billy Graham, you know, presented the gospel to millions of people, right? And there are Christians today. There are generations of Christians today because of that. And so we can be maybe a little bit gracious when we look at the past too. Yeah, and I think you actually reminded me of an, another point I think we, we need to stress is that it's not our job to move people past the line. Mm-hmm. It's our job simply to be a witness. That's, yeah. that's it. It's yeah. the Spirit of God yeah. that'll move those people and touch their hearts and move them to a place of repentance, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes when it comes to evangelism, we can act like it all depends on us. All depends on us. And uh, we are just sowing the seed mm-hmm. and allowing you know, the, the fruit or whatever to be experienced through the Spirit of God. So I think that's a great liberator, at mm-hmm. least for me, is mm-hmm. that you know, God's doing the work. Just use me however and, and not get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes our methods can be more in the way than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks so much for the question, yeah. the person who sent that in. Um, any more questions, email us, theologyjam at gmail.com. Um, we've, we've had some great interviews. We've had some great questions. We've had some really great topics. And I know, uh, you know, we are really, we really, this is a highlight of my week coming in and doing this, yeah, right? Me too. Yeah. So if you do like this podcast, please share it. Yep. Uh, please uh, share it. And uh, it's okay to use the evangelism methods of our uh, ancestors to share this podcast. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. obviously joking, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, no, just share it and um, 
Very thankful for our listeners. Yes, very thankful. All right. Well, uh, yeah, once again, I'm Matthew, uh, here with John, and we are Theology Jam, and we'll catch you on the next episode.